Welcome to Leadership, the Future, and Tea, featuring our special guests, hosted by Andy Davis and N. Moffitt, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome, everybody, to Leadership, the Future, and Tea. I'm Andy Davis. Today, I'm joined by our very special guest, Yutundi Hoffman. Yutundi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, it's amazing to have you here as well. And Ian, uh, welcome again. Hey, everybody. You're Tundi. It's fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Ian. It's, it's really good to be here. <laughs> and I've, I've got a feeling this is going to be a fantastic episode with lots of uh, fun and smiles. We're, we're sitting here looking at each other on a, on a call and we've just had an amazing 10 minutes as a bit of a warm up. OK, so, um, yeah, I've got I've got great vibes about this one already, Yutundi. Thank you. <laughs> right. So before we get started, OK, I always want to say a little bit about our guests so so our listeners can just understand a little bit about you. OK, but Thank I promise you. I'm not going to uh, give away all the secrets. They're going to learn that through the podcast. OK, <laughs> so here we go. Yatunde is Managing Director of both Synchrony Development Consulting and the Enjoyable Life Series. She's also a Portfolio Non-Executive Director and Board Trustee working with organisations across a variety of industry sectors. Yatunde has recently published her first book, which we will discuss later in the podcast. And we've just had an amazing discussion and I can't wait to get started, Yatunde. How's that? How's that for a CV? That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I think we've missed a few things out there, but you, you're more than welcome to tell us what else we've missed during the podcast. OK, that, that's fine. Thank you. You've done very well. That's, that's, uh, listen, we. <laughs> we, we, we're going to bask in your knowledge and your expertise and soak up some learning from you now, Yatundi, OK? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> right. we, we know that you're going to do more than that. We know that you're going to deliver for us. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this. We, we've both read your book. We've just been talking about it. It's Thank truly you. an amazing book. It is going to be in the show notes later on. And we are going to talk about it throughout this because um, I, and I really want people to think about this. Uh, it talks about love in uh, based leadership in organizations yes. now that's something that isn't often mentioned in business and this is a really critical thing for people to go away and challenge themselves over okay mm -hmm. and that's we're going to talk about that more thank you yeah, yes. it's be good we so, need it that's what we need today i'm absolutely passionate about it it keeps me awake at night i tell you so well, passionate about it <laughs> well you're on a mission you tundi and it sounds fantastic right and uh let me tell you, that book is going to take you a long way uh, on that mission because it's Thank a great. You. Yeah. And, and also just uh, just saying about the bit more about the book, it's got some amazing people in there that have contributed to it. Yeah. Right? Mm. It, it's quite an incredible array of people that you've got in there. We, I promise we're going to talk more about this in a minute. But <laughs> let, let me start off you, Sunday, because I kind of want to just let you off the leash and go for it. Right. OK. Um, starting off with who's your leadership model? Sorry, who's your leadership role model and why? You know, it, it took me quite a while to, to think about this because there's so many different traits. And, and so then I landed on one person, you know. Yeah. My, my leadership role model of all time is Jesus Christ. And and why would I say Jesus Christ? Because he's the, he's the, the, the perfection of servant leadership. Um, oh. He is about inclusion he, he's, and diversity. He accepts you for who you are. He's authentic, selfless when you read about what Jesus did and who he is. And he's empowering. He empowered the disciples and he empowered us. And he's also perfect. So, and nobody's perfect. So let's go to the next level now. So, <laughs> so when I when I then considered this, I thought, okay, 
I started with a definition of leadership as I see it. And I define leadership as it's it's about having the clarity of understanding of where you want to go. Where do you want to go? The knowledge of how you want to get there and the ability to, with love and without condition, mobilize people to follow you. And so when I thought about this definition that I have of leadership, I thought, okay, the different traits. When I looked more recently, if you take Chad Bozeman, um, yeah. who's a role model for the black community, what I, what really appealed to me is the fact that he, so, he was so selfless. Um, he was battling cancer for so many years, but didn't stay. And instead, he worked relentlessly to support and, and inspire children who had cancer as well. So that's something that was really, really amazing. And even though he was criticized at times, he didn't fight back. So it wasn't about him. It was about the, the what he was trying to do. And then, of course, Ruth Baden Ginsburg, I hope I've pronounced her name right. You know, the, you the, the, the justice in, in the US yeah. who did so much for women as well. Mm. And, and and I read somewhere that even in her will, she said she didn't she didn't want um, Trump to to elect her as right. successor but i think as president he has every right to but she she fought all the way to the end because she wanted to leave a legacy and boy did she leave a legacy so that's the sort of thing those are the kind of leaders and then a very special woman who had a very big impact on my life mm. um, is a lady called Sinkanese. i met her in ethiopia and she lived in a little shack in the in uh, just a hundred meters from their local rubbish dump and it was just the contentment that she she demonstrated when i visited her along with other people the way she welcomed us she was proud of where she lived she told us why she lived there and i just loved her her warmth and her enthusiasm and her acceptance of us visiting and and her contentment with herself so those mixture of traits i really like Fantastic. What a lovely collection of people there that you've Thank got. You. Um, the last lady that you talked about living in Ethiopia, what was her name again, please? Sinkanese. Wow. And how did you meet her then? Well, when I was on the, I was a board trustee in an organization called Compassion. And Compassion's um, um, mission is about releasing children out of poverty. So as a board trustee, we every couple of years, we'd have this board visits to locations where we supported people. And she was a single mother. She still is sorry, a single mother of four children living in a small in a small shack in a hundred meters from the, the, the city's mm. uh, local rubbish dump. And I tell you that the stench as you walked yeah. through the, yeah. the, the shack and, and the number of, of places, uh, the number of shacks packed, stacked together. And when we went there, we squeezed into her little room, maybe 16 by 16 was the space where she lived, her bed, her, her cupboard, yeah. where her children were. And she dressed up in her most beautiful clothes to welcome us. And, wow. and and what the reason why it struck me was when we were traveling there, my colleagues and myself, you know, we complained about the airlines. We complained. We, we were complaining about the heat and so on and so forth. And here she was, this woman who had very little. And yet it came across like she had so much. Wow. And here we were who had so much. And we're complaining like we had so little. Yeah, and yeah. she was generous in you know, with her little money, she made us fresh coffee, 
fresh popcorn. She was proud to tell us that the reason why she was strategically placed because early hours of the morning, she could get to the to the mm. rubbish dump after the lorries have done their rubbish to pick up uh, food and things yeah. to sell so she could feed her children. Yeah. You know, and yet right. she was so generous with us. So that, I mean, she really made an impact on my life. A lot of times when I give um, uh, talks in conferences about various things, whether it's about change, about, about joy, about contentment, about leadership, about culture, I call on that experience because it had a, a massive impact on me. It really did. It yeah, helped me appreciate yeah. Um, yeah. that actually we've got to be grateful for what we have, not what we do, not 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 the, the fantastic jobs that we have and our titles yeah. and material possessions. We've got to be it's it's about who we are and how we impact each other. And in yeah. fact, I forgot to mention, Andy and Ian, that many of the leaders that I interviewed in my book, yeah. I also I, I really admired their traits. The fact that they would even be willing to talk about love and their perspective of love in organization, for yeah. me, they went right up in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Hey, absolutely. Fantastic. I mean, that's an incredibly powerful story there that you've talked about uh, about this lady. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she she sounds amazing, and uh, and I think that uh, when you go, on, I've visited people out in different uh, different parts of the world, and when you go and see how other people are, how they live their lives, and um, you know what they what they have and what they don't have, it makes you it just makes you really humble, doesn't it? In terms of uh, w- what you've got. Uh, and it is it's a lesson for everyone um that's an amazing story to tell so thank you now thank you i've got i've got to ask the follow-on then these people that you've talked about of of ruth the uh the 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 top court sorry supreme court judge that's the one um what are the traits then what are the traits you look for and you mentioned those other leaders that you interviewed for your book what what are the key traits that you look for in leaders uh you're talking about well, first of all, I, I believe that we all are leaders. I think whether you rule a nation or you sweep the streets or you sleep on the streets, we all are leaders yeah. because we're making decisions. And leadership yeah. is a relational, it's a relational responsibility. It's all about relationships. So there, there are three key traits that I look for, you know, when I thought about this, because I was thinking, oh, I like this, I like that. The, the number one, the, the, the Uber, the Uber trait of all that I look for is the trait of love. And and that love for me is that that acceptance of who I am, yeah. and the acceptance of who you are, regardless of of all your weaknesses. Uh, I may not agree with what you do, but I accept you as that human being. That fundamental, mm-hmm. unconditional acceptance of who you are. So that's the number one trait I look for. First of all, the second one is about contribution, because I think that uh, my job. Uh, as a leader is to help another person's life be more successful and your job as a leader is to do the same and if we all had that as in how can I help you what can I do to support you that's so key how can I help you be the best you can be so that attribute of contribution is key that's the second one and the third one I think that which enables the other two to flourish more Mm. is is to have is purpose purpose driven leaders ah. when 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 an individual has a purpose and they understand who they are why they're here what they're here to do in business why what they're here to do in, for their family what they're here to do for their community for society yeah. then it allows them to think long term and think consequentially think how 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 
How does how I behave, my decisions, how could that impact the person beyond what I can see, beyond mm, who yeah. I can see? That's part. Yeah. So purpose is the third one. Well, well let, let me tell you, right, You, I, I think those are three amazing traits that you've mentioned there. But I want to bring you back to purpose because... Uh, on a previous podcast, we spoke to a wonderful uh, author, uh, coach, consultant called Amy Jen Su. And she's also written a book, which is a fantastic book. And in there, she has that purpose equals passion and contribution. And we talked about you on that yeah. podcast as well. Oh, awesome. Uh, right, because as part of it, she has a she has a model. And again, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but there's some five P's in there. And one of those P's is peace. Mm-hmm. And we talked yeah. about you and we said to Amy, hey, listen, we want to talk more about peace because we want to understand what you mean, because actually we're about to speak to Yatundi on another podcast yeah. and she's going to talk about love. And yeah. the, the key thing is for both of you incredible ladies there, that those are two items that aren't talked about in business or leadership enough. Yeah, absolutely. So, but we recognize it, right? We, we, we recognize those attributes. Um, so you, you spoke there about that that inner i suppose it's a it's a form of inner strength it's a form of inner calm yes. you know and it, and it's that contentment which then you know affects your actions and how you how you interact with the rest of the world and all those yes. people so that's a form of peace right absolutely in fact what i do i, I believe that peace is 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 a fruit of love so yeah. if you come from a place of that unconditional acceptance, you're likely to be more peaceful. Um, and the way I, I look at it, I also come from a place of joy. You know, that's yeah. why I established the Enjoyable Life series. And the way that I define joy is it's a combination of, and, and it's different to happiness, because some people think that joy is about happiness. Happiness means my external circumstances can make me happy. You know, how yeah. people talk to me can make me happy, yeah. of course, yes yeah, or no. Yeah. Yeah. But joy comes from within, and joy for me, is a combination of that unconditional acceptance of myself for who I am, all of who I am. And when I combine that with having an understanding of my own unique sense of purpose in the world, why am I here? Why is it that I'm sat on this board? Why is it that I do this? Why do I do that? When that's clear, then I have joy. And it means that I am more resilient. It means that I am less likely to be down for long if I face rejection. I mean, I hate rejection, so I use that as an example. So if I'm rejected, of course I feel hurt, but I re- I, I, re- I recover much faster yeah. because, I, because I have joy. Yeah, That's another, that's another one to add to the list. That's brilliant. Nice. Now, I, I want to turn to the book. I want okay. to turn to the book. And uh, confession, I haven't read all the book. That's but, all right. But it kind of it kind of grabbed me. It grabbed me, and I was uh, – and I, I tend to – well, I, I, I like to think of myself as a digital native, but I always have a pen in my hand and a bit of paper. And I was this morning I was listening to I was on sort of chapter three and I was writing a sort of tag cow, cloud of kind of key words and thinking, yes, this this. And I think, Andy, Andy, you need to move. You need to move it to your right a little bit. I can't see it. There we go. <laughs> there it is. So beyond engagement. So fantastically do this. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic book i'm looking forward to, to getting all the way through from, from the front to the back of this and we will leave a link on the resources about this as well but um it really resonates with me and, and andy and i talked about it uh between between the the two podcasts the the peace podcast we were talking about earlier that we had um the other day with uh, amy jen sue and yourself uh you know so there's been there's been various parts in my life where I've kind of talked about it in business, and there's always been this this massive reaction, 
around around that word. So I think I think generally love is a really difficult word to bring into the to the business context generally for people. There's, yeah. there's always instantaneous reaction mm. and then they kind of get hold of the emotion and then they think about it and then they, you know, either challenge it or, you know, go fairly quiet, you know. Yeah. But um, I wanted to just understand what what actually was the driver behind you writing that book? Well, you know, my, my background, I've worked in, 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 in senior uh, positions, particularly in HR, across in organizations, um, across a different, you know, a variety of industry sectors. And, and I, I, I've come to, to believe absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, Ian, that there's got to be another way to get the very best out of people. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, and there are many business leaders out there who have tried all kinds, and I did the same, I tell you, all kinds of engagement surveys. The governments are always mm-hmm. going for productivity drives year after year after year. How can we get performance and so on and so forth? But actually what's missing is, a, a lack of genuine appreciation of the people that we are as humans. Yeah. And until until we unlock that key, we will always come back to how do we get productivity? There will always be absenteeism. There will always be all of these things. And people say, well, you're today, surely that can never stop. Well, all that we've tried so far, in my view, has fallen short. Yeah. And there's one place we need to go to, which is really... It, it's it's at the very core of who we are as human. Yeah. What we crave as human beings. Human first, work second. Yeah. Human yeah. first, status second. So yeah. when we get to that place, because we're human at work, we're human at home, we're, we're human everywhere. So when we come to love first, and I know Ian, it, it's it's one of those, oh, people feel uncomfortable. Well, we mm. need to get over the discomfort. Yeah. If we want to make change, we need to get over the discomfort. We need to be courageous and really get to the fundamental because out of love will come the very things that we need for people. Can you imagine when you feel secure at work, when yeah. you feel that you're in the best place ever? I mean, we spend, yeah. we'll spend three quarters of our lives working. We deserve it to be the very best experiences. That, 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 and, if we, and if we feel safe, we perform yeah. at our very best, don't we? Of course, that, that psychological safety at work, mm. you know, you think about the amount of energy that must be taking place across the globe in workforces yeah. where people have fears, concerns, they don't know, you know, are they in the right job? How are they how yeah. are they viewed in that job? And there's 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 lots and lots of campaigns that have taken place over the years and themes in HR as you yeah. say, like engagement, but but ultimately there's a real simplicity at the root, right? Yes. You know, if you do respect others and you do accept yourself, and there you and you therefore accept the accept the uniqueness of each individual human and create that space for acceptance, that's belonging. That is absolute at the root of diversity, inclusion, and all of this great stuff. Absolutely, and in fact, I say that you cannot have inclusion. Inclusion and diversity can never work if you don't have love at the root. Because even when you think about it, at some point, we will either be on the receiving end or the delivering end of maybe terminating a person. But but when when you come at that from a a place of real love, I'm accepting you as a human being. And, and, And this is the job that needs to be done. First of all, maybe you may not even be in that place because some of the decisions that you made way back as an organization that led you to where you are today may have been averted because you are thinking of the person. 
Yeah. I mean, I would go as far as to say that if we had less greed in the world, because greed is not mm-hmm. a fruit of love at all, maybe we wouldn't be in the pandemic today. Because what is it that businesses go for? Do we really, if, if we had leaders in organizations saying that, okay, I want, I want to make the best decisions that really enable us to be the best we can be. That when it comes to even career decisions, promotions, meetings, the way the way leaders behave around team meetings, the way leadership teams operate with each other. I mean, when I think about it, when love is at the root, then it, it, it will be my success is your success. We yep. look down, up and down our supply chain. We look at the society, at the climate. And it, it's so, there's so much more that can be done. Yeah. yeah. That for me is the reason why. And of course, um, what we are experiencing today, us being at home, the restrictions imposed upon us and, and how we're trying to get over that and the decisions organizations might need to make around furloughing when people go back to work. Again, they need to come from a place of love and people need to be involved in decisions. They need to be involved in, they need to be told the bad news sooner with love, with understanding. They need to be allowed to, to have a point of view before final decisions are made. So and, I, 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 and I was I would suggest as well that um, the fact that we are, everyone's been touched by this, right? Everybody's been touched by this. And the fact that we have greater constraints and the fact that we are kind of seeing that, that we, we're humanizing some of those role models in work and, and, out, and outside of work because we're seeing them in their, in their home setting with yes. you know, barking dogs and, you know, parents or kids in the background. Yes. I, I think actually people are more receptive now. I think there's actually a greater understanding of the need for greater human approach and empathy. So I think it's, it's, it's one of the good things that is coming out of this terrible pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I, w- I would agree with you. Yeah, it's under. I love what you were talking about there in terms of uh, leaders doing more and uh, with that focus on love rather than greed. I want to just um, read a, a tweet that I read this morning. Right, it's by this amazing guy called Dan Price out over in Seattle, and Dan is the CEO of uh, Gravity Payments, and he was um, the CEO that basically um, about five years ago took a effectively a million dollar pay cut so that all of his people could have a minimum wage of seventy thousand oh, yeah. dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. And I read his book over the weekend. He's an amazing guy and he posts some fantastic stuff. And this is what he posted this morning on uh, Twitter. He said, remember a year ago when most big CEOs got together to announce they would no longer put profits above everything else? Question mark. It was front page news. A year later, an independent study found that absolutely nothing changed. Wow. Right. There you go. That's what you were just saying, I think. Absolutely. Because yeah. when, when you come from a place of love and, and with leadership comes responsibility. And what I mean is organizational leadership, because I believe we all are leaders. Yeah. But in organization and you have the organization chart and then people climb up the career ladder and, and mm. they're at the top. You've got to remember that, that that's great responsibility and you're responsible not just for the individuals in your organization, you're responsible for their families. And I would go as far as to say you're responsible for the communities that they uh-huh. serve as well. Uh-huh. And to what you're saying, Andy, if maybe many of those leaders, they say, oh, we're not going to put profits first and so on. Yeah. Well, actually, deep down, they put themselves first. Yeah. And, and and at some point, I mean, one of the people I interviewed in my book said, well, you know, you tend to maybe in the future you should have organizations, people across the organization voting for who their leaders should be. 
And then maybe the leaders would genuinely take more consideration of their people before, you know, because they know that, well, I could be voted in or out by the organization. Well, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Well, just just to uh, just continue that gravity payments story with Dan Price. And um, Dan, if you're listening, I'd love you to come and join on the podcast. OK, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, gravity payments went on to um, uh, take over another smaller company. And again, he set them on a track to get to that seventy thousand uh, dollar minimum wage as well. So, you know, there's a leader that isn't just playing about this. It isn't just a marketing gimmick or anything. He's actually expanding his organization. And as he's doing it, uh, he's saying, I can't do it on day one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a pathway so that by this date, this is what we're going to achieve. That That's really powerful. Can, can you imagine the loyalty that that will create as well? Not Absolutely. It's not just about the money. Yeah. It's about doing the right Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that for me is, is a trait. Of course, I haven't spoken to him, but that behavior for me comes from a place of love you yeah. you cannot that's that's somebody who says well i actually i want the people that are working in my organization i want them to be successful well i'm, I'm putting them first well i'm going to post a link to dan's book as well as yours on the on the show notes <laughs> because actually uh, and I'm, again i'm not going to give away dan's story in his book actually you'll people will realize why that's the case awesome Okay, so so I'll leave that one there. But what we're talking about, though, right, is we're talking about amazing people like yourself and Dan that are already on that journey. They're already there, okay? And you know as well as I do, Yatundi, there's a lot of people that are miles behind you, right? Mm-hmm. Miles. There's some that only a few miles, but there's some that are 100 miles behind you on it. <laughs> and, and, and what I want to focus on is in your book, you talked about that baby steps are fine on this journey yes. to, to, to properly base your leadership around love. Yes. And we kind of accept that that's a that's a change curve that people have got to go through. But what I want you to tell people today, Yatundi, what is the starting point for people? OK, um, well, first, of, you either have to go through a, 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 an experience of your in your journey that is so painful that you appreciate the value of love, which is something that I went through um, uh, and, and brought me to this place. Um, the, but in terms of taking the baby steps, what we're doing now, so I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast, if, if, if you really want to see change in the culture in your organization, and that is the way that you do things, and you really want to see change, initiate a dialogue. Why don't you talk about it? The messiness of it, the embarrassment of it, the controversy of it, whatever it is, yeah. start to initiate a dialogue about love. And then... Start to talk about what difference when you look at how you would define love. And I've given you a definition in my book. Mm-hmm. If you were to apply that definition or you could even modify it to say, well, what would love look like in our business? Yeah. For real. What difference would it make? Yeah. Then, and then what would it make to the way we perform, to the way we, we, we drive our bottom line? to people being present, to the way we run our meetings, to the way we do our business reviews, to the way we, re- we, we allocate the resources, the way our go-to-market strategies, to, to the way we, we deal with our suppliers, the way we deal with our clients, our customers, and so on and so forth. Yeah. When, yeah. when you start to ask that question, then you say, well, and, and, and where are we now? That's exciting bit because then talk is cheap, but it's important to talk first. Then move to action. What's that mm. first thing that we could do? That, that little tweak we could make. 
Maybe at the start of a meeting, you start by asking each other, how are we today? Yeah. And then you genuinely listen to the responses before you go to item one on the agenda. So you start, it takes a baby steps. And with, then with each win, you can go further and further and further. So it starts with, it's, you can start with a dialogue, but then move to action. Thank you. I, I, I want to be a little bit, and not controversial, but I just want to, I want to I challenge back a little bit on mm-hmm. this. Of course you can. Because, um, you know, uh, we work in business. There'll be lots of people on, on you know, that list, uh, they're listening to the podcast work in business. Um, and thinking about, you know, what what does this mean to the bottom line? You know, and they and and they're more likely to be thinking about, well, you know, is this is this uh, min- is this uh, having a minimal effect on it? Is it having a reductive effect on it? Is it having a positive effect on it? You know, there's lots of talk about engagement and how that will drive up the top line and productivity yeah. and the retention aspects of in greater productivity affect the costs. What, what What's this, what does this affect on the bottom line, do you think? Do you know what? I, I, I think that when, if organizations can unlock, if they, if they use, if they come at love, they will really unlock the rocket approach to the rocket opportunity in delivering against the bottom line. Because all the engagement uh, initiatives, and now we have, you know, well-being initiatives and, and mindfulness and all of that at work. And is it making a real difference? It's inconsistent. If we come at love, the very thing that we're driving, the very thing that we want, that we're trying so hard to achieve that we can't quite get there, we will get there faster. Because love is the key. It's the root. It's the root of really enabling people to feel engaged, to be loyal. You just talked about Dan. It's to help people be loyal because they'll think, wow, you know, I am accepted. I can be me. I am valued. I am welcome here. Boy, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to think creatively. I'm going to be more innovative. In fact, we're using Microsoft Teams. And, you know, Microsoft Teams has a, a, a tool where you can blur the background. That's right. And it was a young engineer in, uh, in, Microsoft, in Microsoft that came up with this as an innovation. And you know why? Because her opinion counted. She was able to go to her bosses to say, look, I'm hard of hearing. And when I when I call my family, I want to be able to talk with them without being distracted by different things in the background. So yeah. she invented a blurred background. Now, what's happening? Microsoft is monetizing it because you can put all kinds of backgrounds and you can also blur the background on here. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we know that the absenteeism in the UK, this was from a 2018 study then, was costing the UK 29 billion. 29 yeah. billion. So can you imagine how many more people, if if 10% of those people showed up more at work, that's already gone straight to the bottom line. Yeah. There's can definitely you a connection the there. Number of, exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine the number of people in their organization, I've worked in large organizations, that on the shop floor, they'll be talking about ideas, but how many of them have the courage to go to their line supervisors, to go to yeah. their team leaders and say, do you know that if we just did this, if we changed this widget, if we made that happen, hey, yeah. we could save money, we could make that, we could do this faster, but they don't feel they might be hurt. So what do they do? They know it, they keep it in their head, and they keep their head down. Yeah. So something's yeah. got to change. So uh, in that case, in that case, I, I'm going to ask you this next question, although I feel like I know the answer. Um, so what's the change that you would uh, lo- most like to see in leadership teams that you work with? 
Ah, do you know what? I would, <laughs> I would love to see, I wrote this down somewhere when I was preparing for this. What I would love to see in leadership teams um, is, is, is an adoption of, of the value of Ubuntu. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I have that page flagged in your book. Yes. I kid you not. Absolutely. I've just been looking at it before we started talking. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Please explain. Well, Ubuntu is a, it's, it's, a, it's an African, a South African expression, mm-hmm. which translated means because we are, I am. It's there. Ubuntu yes. rules. Yes. Because we are, I am. And, and that means because what I find particularly with top leadership teams, I work with leadership teams in helping them be more effective. And as part of my work, sometimes I talk to them individually before we get together. When you ask, who is your team? A lot of times the leader looks downwards. He looks vertically as opposed to horizontally. He or she would say, well, my team, I do this. But actually your team are your peer group. Your team are your peer group. And you cannot succeed without them being successful. And it, it, it has to be at the very core. And it comes from a place also, Ubuntu, at the root of Ubuntu is love. It means, you're, I, I want you to win because you matter. Your, your views matter. Your contribution matters. We are both accountable for what we need to deliver. I am responsible not just for my people, I'm responsible for your people too. That's what Ubuntu is all about so and at the root of ubuntu is love so I, that's the one change i would love leadership teams to start thinking themselves of them as as leaders this way horizontally we we, we are in this together we are united and yep. i cannot succeed without you and i would want them to really themselves talk about what would love mean to us in here to uh-huh. ourselves comments etc and andy we had the podcast um uh, we recorded one a couple of days ago, wasn't it? And we were talking about the idea of team until we start in the uh, typical business planning cycle. And then all of a sudden, the silos, the functional silos, yeah. come in. it gets very vertical conversations. Huh? <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> Absolutely, because they want to, you know, it's like, well, I want to, the, the underlying thing is, how can I win against you? Yeah. <laughs> Sad thing, though, is that the people that report to these leaders, you know, in their vertical uh, uh, um, funnels, would actually benefit more if their leaders, if their bosses were operating as a unit. Yeah. If they could, it would be fantastic. And the French have a similar exp- uh, ex- um, expression. It's called, a, now I hope I can say it right, it's entre So it, yes. it's, a, it's the concept of the mutual support and help. Yeah. I believe that's a similar, it's a similar, ex- similar uh, ethos to Ubuntu. And we'll let people go and read more about that, okay? It is in your book. I think it was page 201, okay? Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Andy. (laughs) But it is there. It's definitely there. Um, So thank you for that. I I think that's really powerful. Ian? Yeah, and and I just wanted to follow on from that because there's, you know, there's there's clear passion behind that and hope that that's what more more, um, organisations, the leaders in organisations, the teams will embrace, right? But what do you what do you think is going to change? Because you know change is already afoot because of this this pandemic crisis. What how do you think leadership is going to change as a result of it? Do you know, Ian, <laughs> um, some people might say that there will be very little change. In fact, there's some reversion to type 
in some parts of mm -hmm. the world. Let's be honest, as people get caught up in the day-to-day -day again of, of, of work. However, that's my that's the, the, the pessimistic view. But I'm optimistic and I believe that leadership is going to change and it's up to you and me. You know, there's that expression, if it's to be, it's up to me to continue to beat the drum, to, to be passionate, to engage in dialogue, to go where angels fear to tread and to encourage and celebrate every small positive move. And uh, we're beginning to see and hear expressions around forgiveness, compassion, kindness being used more in, in work. Um, the, the feelings of community that because of COVID, people have found themselves supporting neighbors they never spoke to before. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking at how they can bring this back into the workplace. Can you imagine if that was in the workplace, uh, teams helping each other, manufacturing, helping sales, helping R&D, and, and genuinely, not just because they have to, but genuinely doing so. How can I help you? You know, yeah. what is it that we need to do to solve this problem? Then we've got every opportunity that this rather bizarre uh, situation we've all found ourselves to be in, some good can come out of it. And I'm banking on that. And I'm, I'm looking to, to, to make my own contribution to it. And I hope that, you know, many people listening will, will be doing the same too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well I hope people will do. And uh, what you're talking about there is that legacy of COVID-19. Yes. And there yeah. will be a legacy, both positive yeah. and negative. Absolutely. Okay, let's not beat about the bush. Yeah. Uh, there will be both. And I, I'm with you. I'm a positive person. Ian's a positive person. Um, you are definitely. And we we absolutely sit there and think about the positivity that's going to come out of COVID. So we're with yeah. you on that 100%. Mm. But I'm going to focus on the word legacy, okay? Yes. Got to ask it. What's your leadership legacy going to be? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I would love it that people would say, get to the dead to tread where angels feared to tread. Wow. Uh, because the, the language of love in, in organization is one that people do resist. But I'm very grateful to both you, both you and you in that you've, you're giving me a platform and you're embracing it because you are the kind of people that we need um, in the world who are willing to go there because this is what will make the difference in the world. This is what will make organizations successful, not government. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that government shouldn't jump on this, but business, the world of business is where the yeah. change will be made and organize and they pay taxes. So then uh, governments will follow. It will help people across the world. You know, it would reduce poverty it would enable a halt to climate change it will enable it will accelerate inclusion and equality it really would so um that's a legacy i want that i i i made i made a change and i impacted people uh, yeah. more than anything uh, um that well, i help people get the best out of themselves if i well i think you're doing it already that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're doing it. So forget treading. Think about stamping, okay? <laughs> uh, and, and, and I actually think that, that those wonderful people that contributed to your book are already on that mission with you. Thank right. You. So so you, you're accelerating your mission. I can see that, right? And uh, maybe we should put a copy of your book in the post of Boris, okay? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> see what he thinks. But hey, 
Uh, I'm I would about love to get his, his views and perspective, great, you know? That'd be great. We should invite him and he can go and tell us. <laughs> and I would listen with love, actually. Well, well, listen, we, we want to, we, we always love this part of the section, uh, part of the show, um, which is about the resources. Um, we talked about your book and I promise that we're going to put a link uh, on for your book anyway. But what Thank resources you. would you like to leave us with, please? Well, first of all, I mean, I would love to engage in, in dialogue about this. And so anybody listening, if you'd love to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. I'd love to, to have a dialogue with you, talk with how you might want to make this something that you bring into your organization. Buy my book. My book has a, a free model that you can use that enables you to make decisions lovingly and align them with who you are. Um, tools you can use with your teams and so on. So the book is not just an insight into a discussion about love. It gives you some practical commercial ways of, of applying it in your organization. So that's the second thing. Thirdly, what I would absolutely love people to, um, if you're willing to, uh, to, to partner with me, um, I'm running a conference in December called the Enjoyable Life Series, What's Your Story? It's on the 4th of December. Um, Tickets are already on sale. Um, buy a ticket, come. It's a conference that it's a day of celebration of what it means to be human. And there are 12 awesome storytellers from all walks of life um, coming to share a story, personal story, from a place of who they are, not what they do, not what they have. It's an opportunity to network as well. And we raise money for two charities, Dress for Success and The Passage. So come. And if you're abroad, you can buy a ticket so that you can join us on the day through live stream. So those are the things I would say. Visit my website. You can, you can, you can read about me on my website. And uh, brilliant, and brilliant. Uh, yeah, have I have I said enough? And I think that's, I think that's definitely all of them. No, no, we we love we, we love it honestly. We want to do this because uh, we really encourage all of our listeners to reach out and connect uh, with our guests. That's the really important part of this. So uh, yeah, that's, that's really clear. All of that, everybody, is going to be in the show notes. Please go and connect with Yutundi. Um, Yutundi, we're right at the end of the show. Thank I mean, you. Hasn't it's that been, gone quick? It has flown by. I know. I could so talk fantastic. to you guys for ages. Like, you know, I, I could talk for another hour or two hours, and it's oh, just wonderful. The two of your smiles are so engaging. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Well, listen, I, I had goosebumps so there. When you were talking about actually, you know, you, you kind of think that we're, we're that kind of leader that wants to drive this forward. So uh, we're with you all the way. Right. We really Thank are. You. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate you inviting me to be part of your podcast. And, and I look forward to to listening, not just to this one, but to the other podcasts that you produce. Wonderful. Thanks. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, Yatunde, thank you very much for your time. Ian, thanks for your time as well. It's great to speak to you both again. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to wrap up your Sunday. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening to Leadership, the Future and Tea and our very special guest, your Sunday Hoffman. Please do go and click on those links, read the book, download it. You will actually uh, learn a lot and hopefully transform both your leadership and uh, maybe your approach to life as well. So uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, we hope to catch on the next podcast episode. Bye bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership, the Future, and Tea. Please take time to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a comment with topics you would like to hear in the upcoming episodes. <laughs>